Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real life stories of how other photographers run their business and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here and let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Ashley Taylor and I'm excited to introduce you to this week's Clubhouse edition of the podcast. This week, Kevin and I spoke with Jasmine Jade, boudoir photographer and creator of Embrace Presets. You can even find some of her presets for sale in the Portrait Masters store. In this chat, we talked to Jasmine about her unique outdoor boudoir sessions, which she branded Into the Wild Sessions. This is such a great idea for those who want to shoot boudoir but don't have a studio. We went deep on how to shoot, market, edit and sell these sessions. And it was such a great episode. We can't wait for you to listen. So let's get started. Welcome everyone to the Portrait System Podcast, Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Condit and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce. Nikki Kloster hosts our Monday episodes and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse Edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And sometimes at 1 p.m. So, <laughs> And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm great, Kevin. I'm excited to be here with you today on Clubhouse and YouTube Live. And I'm so excited that our guest is Jasmine Jade because she's an amazing photographer. And I got to know her at the Portrait Master Shootout this year. So welcome, Jasmine. Hi, happy to be here. Yay. Well, before we jump into our interview with you, I just like to remind our clubhouse listeners that for the first 30 minutes, Kevin and I will interview Jasmine. And then at the halfway point, we'll open it up to your questions. So if you have a question and you're listening in the clubhouse app, you just need to hit the hand icon in the lower right hand part of your screen. And then we can bring you up on stage to ask Jasmine your question. And if you think of your question too early, you can just write it down so you don't forget. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Jasmine. Hi. (laughs) So we are excited to have you on. As Ashley said, we got the opportunity to meet you at the Portrait System Shootout. And Mm -hmm. since then, we've kind of we've kept up with you on Instagram, uh, started seeing everything you were doing, and we noticed that you were focusing on outdoor boudoir 
which is a little different than what you normally see boudoir sessions being at. So we wanted to have you on to talk about that. Uh, so my first question is, how did you decide to start focusing on boudoir outdoors? So um, I kind of fell into it. Um, I had a studio, a boudoir studio, and I was also shooting um, freelance models and models one agency outdoors. There wasn't boudoir. And then I lost my studio space in 2016. And I had to find a way to keep my clients that I had already booked. And I didn't want to go and find, uh, you know, studio space to book and stuff like that. Now, of course, my dog is barking. It's okay. <laughs> so, and so I had the idea, why not go outside with my boudoir clients and um, do what I do with my models, but with my clients. And so outdoor boudoir was basically born for me. <laughs> I love that. I've shot a couple outdoor boudoir sessions. They were in the beginning of my career, typically when I didn't have a studio. But then lately I've been noticing because I live in Santa Barbara, which is like a beautiful beach town that I have had some clients like want to do kind of swimsuit shots at the beach. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I even shoot outdoor boudoir still, even though um, I have a studio. So I love that you like innovated this concept and made it work for you when you didn't have a studio. So I think sometimes people can just get so bogged down by the fact that they need a studio, they need to find some place to rent, they need to cover that cost. And it shouldn't stop you from like getting started in your business or progressing in your business. Yeah, uh, right. So can you tell us a little bit about what you feel like make the best locations for an outdoor boudoir shoot? Yes. So I started, when I started with my outdoor boudoir, I started to use parks. Yeah. Public parks. Um, parks? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, like playground parks? <laughs> so it was, so what you need to know is for like outdoor boudoir, the people who will book you for it, they don't, they don't mind going into a park. So I started with parks. I'm more much, I think a beach is much better because on the beach, people are in, you know, a bikini or swimsuit anyways. So you're not, you know, you're not, you know, doing anything weird. But when you're in a park, you have to find, <laughs> you have to find like a, a secluded um, area. Yeah. But don't nobody. Yeah. So but not the kiddie playground, basically. Yeah, <laughs> <the next place. laughs> you can get dirty looks from mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So a secluded area. Um, and like when you say a park, because I guess that can mean a lot of things. Do you mean like a, na a nature preserve type park? Like a very like tall grass, like lots of secluded areas type place? Or do you just mean like a city park because i'm thinking about like urban area parks you know where there's it sometimes they're not very big even yeah no so i don't do urban area parks because uh, most of the time you also need a permit for these parks okay um, which is okay because you can put that in your it's a business expense you know the business permit but um most of the time parks uh, nature preserves nature parks with high grass with little creeks you can you go, go in a creek and take pictures and lots of secluded area. You will have people walking by or people on a bicycle or something, mm -hmm. but you know, most of the time you are alone. Yeah. Okay. 
in regards to other people being around, have you ever had instances where people just wanted to sit and watch? And does that ever make the client nervous? And how you handle that situation? Yeah, so I had in, I had, so most of the time when you have somebody um, that is standing there in their underwear and they are like, let's say a bunch of men walking by, they actually look away. So I've never had anybody standing there and staring at us. It's just people are trying not to look, you know, (laughs) they're trying to not to look. They're like just walking, you know, and trying to ignore you. And we're like, okay, they're not even looking. Okay, good. And, but I had, for example, moms (laughs) with kids you know that were like they got a little bit mad um or or some you know like a wife with her husband and she we saw she saw us and she got mad that's funny (laughs) but nothing serious so it's yeah it's it's doable one thing i was wondering is like um if we could get into the logistics of it in the sense of like golden hour does it have to be golden hour does what if it's like a really hot day or a really cold day or you know weather situations and also like where do the clients change their outfits just it feels like there's a lot of logistics that probably go into planning an outdoor boudoir session so if you could touch on those points that would be awesome <laughs> yeah so um what was your first question uh, Ashley? uh let's go with inclement weather or just yeah like because you're you're in the dc metro area right yeah, right I now, know yeah. it can get real hot and muggy in the summer because once i was there in the summer and almost divorced my husband because he made me walk way too hard <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. the humidity to see the lincoln the memorial <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do you deal with that? Um, so the humidity in this area, I, I totally, I hate it. I totally agree. But I've been, <laughs> I've been different places. So I've been, um, ever since I started, I started in Indiana, which is just as muggy and n- almost. Yeah. And <laughs> then I was in um, Arizona, where oh. actually great for outdoor boudoir because there's so much space and you don't need a park. You just go. Um, and it's really hot in Arizona in the summertime, obviously. It's and really even the hot, but yeah. it, it's different heat. So once the sun goes down and it's, and it's, um, it's a dry heat, so you don't sweat at all. So that's perfect. But <laughs> in the Midwest and here, when you have like the weather, you, of course, you cannot predict the weather. So, um, I do it like when, like any outdoor, um, outdoor session when there is just rain we just have to reschedule um (laughs) you know and um i don't reschedule for heat heat is fine okay yeah and but most of the time it's for golden hour so if you go during the day the the pictures won't turn out i don't i don't like i mean i do short shooting harsh light but it's not my favorite yeah yeah i do like the soft golden hour golden hour light so that really means you can only take one client per day yes and that the shoot has to be pretty much like an hour or 90 minutes long because you're really trying to concentrate the shoot around that perfect golden hour light. If I yes, um, most of the time I start like two hours before. Okay. Yeah, um, walk and are you, did you provide like hair and makeup when you're shooting outdoors or, you know, like, is that something that you do like somewhere like at the client's house or do you not even worry about that and they just turn up how they turn up or how does that work? 
So hair and makeup, I've done it a few, um, depending on my location, I've done it a few different ways. I've had a makeup artist come to location and mm-hmm. we start, we start early enough so we can do hair and makeup, like in the car, like on the car. And I've had clients go to a hair and makeup artist that I know or mm-hmm. to a hairstylist that I, the hair salon that I know. And I meet them there and then we drive to location together. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically it can, like a photographer who wants to shoot outdoor boudoir can be as creative as they want with how they want to deal with hair and makeup, provide it, not provide it. If the client should have it done at the shoot or if they, they can just go to the makeup artist place to get it done. That doesn't even like have to be a part of the time that you put into the photo shoot. Exactly. It doesn't have to be. And also you can um, just tell them, get your own makeup done. Like don't even put that into any packages. Just have them do it themselves. Clients do that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and also, outdoor boudoir, for me, is all more natural. So mm-hmm. makeup and the hair will be more natural. Mm-hmm. And so it fits into the nature more, not, not really like f- face full of makeup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm going to destroy the hair anyways. <laughs> oh, because you're going to have them like tossing it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always say, I'm going to destroy your hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, Okay. And then the last question in that series of like logistical questions was about like changing outfits. Because at least when I do boudoir in my studio, I include four outfit changes. Um, And when we do go on location, it's obviously very hard to change outfits. You either have to have like hold up a towel and they have to be brave enough to change behind that. Or we just don't change outfits. So how do you handle that? So uh, my experience with that was, so I I do tell everybody you will be seen. So if you have to change clothes, bring like a big cardigan or something to throw over or like, or in summertime, like a nice long flowy dress or something that you can walk around with that you can just change your, you know, your, your lingerie or your swimsuits or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know there are tents. I know they have tents nowadays where you can take them to a location with you. Like you yeah, put those up, pop-up ones. Yeah, pop-up tents, yes. But in my experience, most of the clients that book you for like a boudoir, boudoir outdoors, they don't, they don't really... They're, they're not, not shy. Con- yeah, they're not, they're not concerned about, about <laughs> that. You know, they're not concerned about being seen. It's really enough when you, when, like you said, when you have like a towel, I do that towel because I don't want any mom with their kids, you know, walking by and then, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do that. And, um, and then also what I do a lot is um, bring a dress, um, like a, like a nice flowy dress or something to shoot in. Um because I just love it and they love it. P- p- women love dresses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that gives for another look. So you have like, like a boudoir look and you have like a more of a portrait out- outdoors look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So how many outfits would you say they normally like go through in a photo shoot? Um, two, not more than two. Just oh. two different looks. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not they don't go through a bunch of outfits. That's just way too complicated. So two different looks. So and sometimes I even forget to change a, the outfit. second look. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then we're like, oh, we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then, and also, this is I assume goes without saying, but you can't do like a fine art nude shot, really. 
outdoors unless you were truly in like a secluded super secluded area yeah that is that you can't do i mean you could but it comes with a <laughs> <Yeah>. risk <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> angry moms all around you <laughs> i actually think i've done it once um in hawaii and i didn't know that you can't do topless in um, on american beaches you know i'm from germany mm. and she, you can she, do like she, nude beaches there, there are nude beaches yes in california at least yeah oh okay yeah so i didn't know that you uh, you know i thought you can just do so i've done it once oh. she <laughs> do it, you know but then later my husband told me you cannot do nude <laughs> <laughs> like okay yeah in america you, you have to find like a beach that's designated a nude beach like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to be. I shoot actually. Good, that would be a good um, sh place to shoot outdoor boudoir. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you're going off to do one of these shoots, what equipment are you bringing along with you? Are you bringing? I know you said you're doing golden hours. So, are you just shooting natural light? Never bringing any form of lighting equipment with you? Is it just your camera? What are you taking with you? So um, that also depends on my location. For example, in Arizona, the 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 um, the light was so harsh to like the, that I had I had a reflector with me to just reflect some light back to the person, mm -hmm. you know. But um, most of the time, so here, for example, in DC, you know, um, most of the time I am just it's just me and my camera. And that's it. Me and my camera, and maybe some fun stuff to play with, like a like a prism or something. But I don't want to carry anything around because it's, it's like a hike. Some, sometimes you, you walk through a park, you go through a beach and it's like the camera and two lenses or something is already enough, you know, for you yeah. to carry. And then maybe a dress or something. So it's just me and my camera, basically. So you're never using an assistant to because maybe for reflector, but I would think that's not a need then. Just no, I don't need an assistant. No, no, you can. You can. Mm -hmm. You can have it. But... Um, it's easier. So for me, it's like outdoor boudoir, as simple as possible, right? Um, no assistant, no light carrying around, just you and your, you and your client or you and your model and you just create art together. So there's nobody that sometimes, you know, they bring their friend, friends, of course, and that's good because then they can actually um, film you for reels and put oh, you yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. So they do that, you know, you can do that. It's a yeah, good you get like a free assistant if you say for your friend. <laughs> I was going to say, you just hand them your phone and be like, here, get me some marketing material. <laughs> yeah. And actually an assistant would be good for that. I actually thought about that once. I should bring somebody along that always takes video of me. Yeah. You need all that stuff for Instagram nowadays. Um, so I know you said that you don't really do urban parks, but, and it sounds like you've lived in more kind of outdoor secluded areas in general but have you ever done like urban cityscape outdoor boudoir or is that just too risque <laughs> um i don't think i did because of there are always people around you and it's yeah not, yeah and i mean it, you could try to do it but the police also driving around yeah <laughs> that's a good point it. yeah <laughs> And I don't want to, I just don't want to, you know, so no yeah. parks, nature, it, it is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I've just seen like cool photos 
And I'm sure they have permits and all kinds of stuff because they're usually done by like magazines or like a famous mm-hmm. photographer like Peter Lindbergh, but they're that are like New York or Paris or like oh. some really cool city where yeah. you know, like a woman's got a trench coat on and like lingerie. Oh but, god, yeah. I want to do this look so badly. I'm like, I need somebody in a trench coat and lingerie. <laughs> I'll do it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it (laughs) um but yeah like I think those looks are so cool but yeah I could see how you could get in trouble pretty fast just from my days of shooting like engagement shoots and cityscapes I've been definitely like kicked out of spots where people were fully clothed just because of like location issues and permits and things like that so I can't imagine like adding and, and also, <laughs> yes, exactly. And also, I think if you want to do something like this in a city setting, you need like a model. Like, I think a client, there would be too um, intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Is it someone with high confidence? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, a model. <laughs> basically. <Yeah. laughs> I, I wanted to bring it back earlier. Did you say you are getting permits or in those particular parks, you don't need them? Um, you need, you have to, before you go anywhere, you know, just to, you have to check if you need a permit for this park um, or for the beach, for example almost all beaches in Hawaii, you need a permit. You cannot just go and shoot there. It's, it's a business expense and a tax write-up, you know? And um, you have a business, you, you need a permit. So that's why I try to go places where, um, I mean, you know, <laughs> not that I don't want, to, not want to get a permit, but I try to go places where I know, okay, that's just like public place and I don't need a permit. Hey, yeah, what- I was going to say, whenever you do look at uh, locations that might need a permit, is there a price range that for people out there listening, is there, is it hundreds of dollars? Is it like a $50 kind of thing? Or what does that look like price-wise? It depends. It depends on what city you are in um, and where you live. So I'm, I'm, I have not um, looked at permits here in the DC area, but I know you need one for every park you shoot in downtown but I have no idea what it costs. It could be $1,000. It could be just $200. So it all depends. Yeah. I mean, I, when I was a wedding photographer, I, I started in Los Angeles, which is where I'm originally from. And mm-hmm. it could get very expensive depending on like also the location itself that you wanted to shoot at. Like there were certain places where it'd be like a hundred bucks to shoot at some place. And then there'd be places where, you know, they film lots of commercials, lots of film industry stuff. Like you cannot shoot on Rodeo drive. I learned the very hard way. Uh, (laughs) Go go into that. Go into that. Tell us. Uh, well, there were like some men in black suits, like, like literally like the movie men in black (laughs) came out and we're like, ma'am, you need to leave. You cannot shoot here. And I was like young enough and naive enough to think that like, it's fine. I will just walk away like one block and it will be fine. And they came back and they were like, (laughs) we warned you. You're going to be fine like a thousand dollars if you do not leave the premises right now. And I was like, oh, so sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, like, cause I wanted to do this like bre- whole breakfast at Tiffany's thing with a couple and we wanted to shoot like on Rodeo Drive in front of the Tiffany's and like, no, mm-hmm. can't do it. And then we tried to move to like other areas of Rodeo Drive and like, nope, can't do it. And yeah, I, I've heard from other photographers, like they're just super intense. Cause if you think about it, there's a lot of, um, commercials like if you if you know what Rodeo Drive looks like and you see a lot of car commercials especially like there's a lot that films there and they probably get paid so much money the city of Beverly Hills that they just can't like they don't allow any other like small I even pretended I was a student because I look so <laughs> young um and because I'm so short and I was like I'm just a student they were like we do not care you need to get out of here like it was really intimidating so you do need to be careful depending on where you you shoot yeah I was gonna say I've I've keeping up with what's going on in photography I think I I learned like it's been a while since I read this but I think like places like Malibu or in those areas does not matter could be a student you could just be a random person with a dslr if they see you taking pictures you have to have a permit if they if you don't they will find you so yeah it just yeah it just depends like i mean i've done a lot of shoots in malibu no problem it's been a long time so i can't speak for that now but you know eight years ago i 10 years ago shot in malibu a lot Certain beaches, no problem. There's some new beaches in Malibu I used to do all my outdoor boudoir sessions at. Um, I shot at, I forget what the mall is called, but there's like a mall over there and I had no problem. But it's just LA is really hit or miss because it's so film industry. Like it's such a film town. So, and I would assume that New York City is the same way Um, and possibly Atlanta as well, because there's a lot of filming done in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So I would think if you're in a city that has like a big film industry presence, you're going to have a harder time than like a smaller town or some more secluded place. But also like you you were on Oahu, right? In Hawaii, and that's also a big filming area. So I think that's part of what accounts for all the issues. <laughs> <laughs> so going going back to the outdoor shoots, how how long are you spending out there whenever you take a client uh, on location? Um, probably three hours um, all together until sunset. Like okay, so with within that time frame, are you looking at just? one location we're going to stay here for the entire three or you hopping into the car going from spot to spot to spot Mm, that's a good question i am only staying in one location so we talk about the location we um you know before we know where we want to go and we are just going if you have like one location and you just walk around that one location you find so many cool spots and different you know different areas that you don't need to go anywhere else it's just to keep it simple you know don't go anywhere else just Keep everything simple. Okay. Yeah, I agree that like, if you can find a place where you can just hike around and not have to drive in between places, because driving can eat up a lot of time, especially if you're in a place like DC Mm -hmm. or some place where there's a lot of traffic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because that could like kill your whole shoot, especially around golden hour, which is usually rush hour too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, what were you going to say, Jasmine? Sorry. Oh, no, I just said not worth it. <laughs> oh, because um, I was going to pivot us to talk about um, marketing a little bit of these outdoor boudoir sessions, because um, I would think that you really have to have a clear marketing message 
to really talk up like the benefits to shooting outdoors since most people think about a studio when they think about or a hotel room or a bedroom environment when they think about a boudoir shoot. So what are your tips on marketing these sessions? Yeah, so um, when I started with outdoor boudoir, it wasn't really a thing. So nowadays, I think it's really like, you know, like a lot of people are doing it. Um, but the way I marketed it when I started with it, and it still works the same way, is you just um, put it on your webpage. You brand it. Like I branded my outdoor boudoir sessions into the wild because it's literally what we did. Go into the wild. Um, I even have a logo for it. And um, when people come on your webpage, they can choose. Do you want to go into the wild or do you want to go into the studio? For example, if you have a studio. Um, if you don't have a studio, you just put your whole webpage branded to your outdoor boudoir session. You just make a thing out of it. This is what you do. And when people, people will book you when they see, when they see a webpage and they want to do this, they will book you for it. And, um, and then of course you put that on, you put it on your social media accounts and everywhere. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, sorry, you go, Kevin. No, I was just going to point out, I think that's an important the, the fact that you said that you brand it as such to the point where you even have a, a logo for it. That is super interesting to really point out, hey, it's it's not something that has to be done indoors. You, as you're showing, you're taking it on location and everything about your brand that you have created uh, involving boudoir is showing that, you know. Yes. Yes. It's just like, you know, a family photographers who go outside, their whole brand is outside family photography. So you can do the same thing with, of course, portraits outside, but you can do the same thing with boudoir outside, you know? Yeah. Um, so are you saying that most people will find you just through Googling like boudoir photographer near me, boudoir photographer in my area, or do you like do any promotions, specials, Facebook ads, networking, all of the above for these types of sessions. Yeah, so it um, I do everything. So it's all an accumulation of everything combined. <laughs> um, depending on my location, where I'm at, um, people found me a lot, for example, in Arizona through my webpage, in Indiana through my web, webpage, in D.C. not so much because there's lots of lots of other boudoir photographers in D.C. Oh, okay. Um, but I have uh, my social media following, um, I book out a boudoir sessions or boudoir sessions or anything a lot of the times through social media, through Instagram, not Facebook, Instagram. Um, and then also I have a system where I, um, you know, get clients into my emails and I just email them regularly or potential clients, I should say. And I just build an email community, to, you know, with them. An email list. Yeah. So yes. can you talk a little bit about growing your email list or are you using like a freebie or an opt-in type thing to get people to join your list or how did you grow your list in the first place i started growing my list with um actually with a giveaway you know where people have to uh, punch in the email address and then you give away something right you can give away anything you can give away like a um um session half price off or you can give away you know, anything like that. <laughs> and um, of course, you have to market this giveaway. And then um, I have a pop-up on my webpage. It's not currently on. If you go look, it's a $400 gift certificate or 
was a few months ago. And people go on the web page. So it's important you bring people on your web page, yeah? Yeah. Um, Facebook ads, for example, Ashley, um, and um, other ways. And then you have this pop-up that comes up. And the person that's on your on your web page already is interested in your in your photo session, right? So the pop up, my pop up is four hundred dollars of your photo session, four hundred dollar gift certificate, and um, and then after they put in the email address, they get a whole bunch of emails, like a, a whole bunch like pre written email automation for like weeks. <laughs> yeah, like a and a welcome sequence is what it's yeah, like, like a welcome online. Too. Yeah, yeah. So I keep them with me, you know, once they're there. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, like, basically what you're saying is honestly, just as consumers, we can all relate to this as like any e-commerce site that we've ever been on, like you go shopping online and you're immediately going to be presented with a 10% off coupon, a 15% off coupon, a $10 yeah. off coupon, something. And then you always enter it because you're like, I'm here to buy something from your site. Um, or you think you might be buying something from the site and then you get that coupon. And sometimes we don't you know, fall through and buy the thing, but we're always getting the emails. I mean, I feel like every online clothing store I'm on their email list um, because I opted in for a coupon at some point, whether I used it or not, you know, so it's, it's very similar. Um, It's like, sounds like you're treating your boudoir business the way like forever 21 or H and M would treat their business. Yes. I think this is the way to go nowadays because um, you can't reach people on social media anymore. Um, Yeah. Like used to. Yeah, like you're talking about like a, a the algorithm is harder yeah, reach. to get yeah. engagement and reach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with email marketing, are you also running like a regular kind of content, like a newsletter? And how often do you send it? What is like the line between being um, in front of your audience and sort of annoying to the point that people are like, oh my gosh, stop emailing me, do you think? Yes. So that is, um, that differs from, e-commerce and you know just having building um building a um, relationship with your client so yeah. you, so i also run you know an e-commerce business embrace presets and yeah. i email a lot more there <laughs> than i email uh clients so clients get like uh email automation welcome automation let's say the first few emails come um after like an hour and after a day and a day and a day because i want to grab their attention because we get so many emails you know, like everybody, yeah. my inbox is full of emails. So, yes. <laughs> so I need, you know, them to see my email. So I'm like emailing more frequently, but then I leave them, you know, I leave them alone. I do that like once a week for a while. And then, you know, once every two weeks, cause it's just, you know, photography. Um, but for, of course, uh, e-commerce, I do this every day, every other day for months. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So it's it's the same process, but you just feel like you don't need to be as bombarding the person. Yeah. So you need to yeah. get the attention. And is it like the subject line that you feel like gets the person to open the email? Or what do you think it is that like really grabs people's attention? That also depends. So when you have uh, when you do this for your boudoir business or your photography business, <clears throat> um, you they signed up for you because they're interested in a photo session, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it will be more personal, um, personalized to them, the subject line, not as, not as catchy as I would put a right. subject line for e-commerce. Like yeah. in, for e-commerce, you have to be really catchy 
for people to open. And it's actually really interesting. And it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about is like the, the subject lines and the hook lines and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause yeah, definitely if it's like an e-commerce business, it's always like leading with the discount or leading with like open this or this expires or yeah, it's something to really get people uh, to stop what they're doing and open that email. Um, but I get what you're saying that again, like as boudoir photographer you don't necessarily want it to come off so pushy and salesy and yes so everything is about um telling your audience a story also through email right to connect with them um so you tell them what you are doing you tell them what your business is about and um you tell them random stories like people are interested in your random stories i will open emails with random stories like yesterday um, my dog ran away but we found him and you know for example this and you keep these stories up, you build a relationship with your future clients, but you do the same thing for e I do the same thing for e-commerce. I just build, I just, you know, it's called story, storytelling. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So when you have a random story like that, do you circle it back to like the photo shoot? Like, how do you get from your dog ran away, but you found him to book a photo shoot with me? Like, how does that... <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do we make the bridge <laughs> that's the thing you don't. <laughs> so I don't I just tell the story and then maybe you can put a, uh, like on in your eight signature you can be like oh and by the way um, do you still have your $400 gift certificate um, click here if to book or click here or or you can write write me back if you're um, if you're interested yeah, to book soon so you can ha always have that on the bottom of your emails um, okay. You can tell any story you want, but also if you, I mean, maybe you want to come up with other stories that you can then relate to a photo shoot, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so those emails are basically used as the story time, uh, emails are more meant for brand awareness and Hey, as a reminder that here, you know, I'm here still, if you guys need me, it was never meant to be a like, Hey, here's a story. Now come book with me. You know, yeah, exactly. It's to be top of mind. So it's just to, that, that you remind them every once in a while, hey, I'm still here. So they won't forget about you when they think about a photographer. They're like, hey, I'm getting these emails from Jasmine, um, you know, so you're always top of mind just with a few emails. So at any point, do you ever focus on the emails that are, hey, come book me now? Or do you try to keep it more of a top of mind uh email list type of thing um no so i do it like this for example for black friday this will be a hey book me now like get this deal uh you want always wanted to have a photo session um now it's the time for example um but that's like a whole setup um or um you run specials during the year let's say you get like you have a new product or something and um you give them like a percentage of that product so you give them like a reason to book you so that's how I do it. Got okay. it. What about a VIP Facebook group? I know those are kind of like all the rage with so many yeah. photographers. Do you run one of those? Do you think it's effective? Um, I think these Facebook groups, especially for boudoir, are super effective. So if you are new to boudoir or you want to like ramp up your boudoir business, definitely do one. I don't because I run two groups, you know, from my preset and then from my education side. And I just don't have time to run another group um, and to yeah. actually make it work, you know, in groups you have to be in, in order to make it work and actually have somebody, you know, booking you from that group. So I don't have time for that, 
But yes, yeah. I think they're super, super effective. Because so, there's not really a way to automate a Facebook group, right? The way you can with an email. Like you can't sit down and make all your posts and then schedule them out so much and have it really connect with people in Facebook yeah. the way you can with an email. Is that like how you feel about it? Yeah, you can just really post and then go because if you don't immediately like engage with people who engage on your post, it's like, oh, it's been two hours and they said something. Okay, so... It, but it, technically, you could have an assistant posting for you for for you in the group as your assistant if you have an assistant. You know, mm-hmm. um, you could do that. But a group is an is a commitment if you want it to work. So, yeah, got it. Yeah, I was going to point out that with groups, you can have automated posts. But as Jasmine said, it's the it's the engagement after that post has been made that is important. Yeah. I mean, you can create all you want. But if you're not there to answer the questions, it's like, oh, everyone's who actually took the time to post into it is all of a sudden left thinking, well, where's my answer? Where's my response? (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) So for you recommended you you said that you're you're busy and that might not be um, the best idea for you. But for anyone that might have the time what type of content would you then recommend that they put into a Facebook group that they create? Mm-hmm. So I have, um, I have, I'm in a few Facebook groups, actually, boudoir Facebook groups for clients. Yeah. Mainly because I want to book other boudoir photographers. <laughs> and um, what works really, really good is just fun engagement. Like it's, those are not photographers. Those are normal people. So um, just fun inter- interact- interaction, like um, um, what did you do today? Or, um, this or that, you know, what would you rather, where would you rather live mountain, you know, these kind of Facebook engagement posts. So uh, this works best for these kind of groups. So nothing like, although I have seen also people putting their, um, their products there and, and also like posting their sessions there. Most of the time it's women only groups. So maybe, you know, when you have your, um, your clients posting their sessions there. So I've seen all that. Groups are amazing. Yeah. Now I want to make a group. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Awesome. Well, I also wanted to talk to you about editing the outdoor boudoir photos and your process. Cause I know, and Kevin knows, and hopefully our listeners know that you are like the queen of presets and you actually (laughs) have um, presets for sale in the portrait masters store. So people haven't checked them out. They should. Um, So I guess editing is probably one of your superpowers then. (laughs) Uh, And I'm wondering like how, um, if at all, editing an outdoor session is different from editing a studio photography boudoir session. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's completely different because a studio boudoir is like, so my studio boudoir is like dark and moody. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm shooting, you know, for the highlights and everything is dark and moody. But I do have, you know, uh, preset collections for that in, in your store. <laughs> um, but um, for outdoors, it's most of the time. So I love contrast and, you know, color. So when I'm outside and I see this beautiful light, like this sunset light, I love to just bring out these colors. Mm-hmm. And love how to edit. Like I just love how love editing. I'm like more colorful than than I do indoors. Indoors, I'm more muted and moody. Got it. So, um, 
in terms of like your editing, since you do presets, do you strictly stay in Lightroom? Yeah, well, no, actually. Yeah, I do. I am only in Lightroom for like my presets when I put a preset on. But when I am retouching, like sometimes you have to retouch stuff. Um, I do that in Photoshop because it's, it's just better. I, I, I basically grew up with Photoshop. So Photoshop was the first thing I learned. Okay. Um, before I ever touched Lightroom, yeah? I avoided Lightroom for years. <laughs> Why is that? That's pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, Lightroom is so complicated. <laughs> That's what I was like. Yes, I know. It's super easy. But I thought it was so complicated because I learned Photoshop first. But actually, it's the other way around, yeah? Um, so, so, but like for, so if someone books you for an outdoor boudoir session, are you delivering like retouched photoshopped images? Are you just doing, um, like Lightroom edits and then they can pay extra for read? Like what, what is the service that you offer the client? Oh, I'm just editing, um, in Lightroom. And when I think I have to, um, Photoshop something, I Photoshop something. So I did, that's something I do. My client has nothing to do with it. So they just got it. get what I give them, basically. So it's basically like on discretion, like if you see like in this certain lighting setup or something, you really notice a blemish or something that you feel like needs to be removed, that's when you'll take it into Photoshop, but you're not necessarily like Photoshopping every single image that you deliver to them. Yeah, so what I do is, is, is as far as like retouching and stuff, I um I do not alter like your body type or whatever. I don't make you smaller than you are unless my photo make made you bigger than you really are you know that happens yeah. sometimes I mean it depends um sometimes you see a person in real life and then you have a photo of that person and that's not what they look like in real life yeah yeah so, um but I I barely do that <laughs> um sometimes you have to photoshop something here and there um remove a blemish or something um but it's nothing I discuss really because I don't really change you you know I don't really change alter anything on your okay. body. Yeah. It feels like your editing is a lot more like say how a person would do a wedding uh where you have the 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 set of images where you're putting the presets and any editing uh color correction there but only a touch here and there of potential photoshop work whereas in our community uh, within the Sue Bryce community, it's we're doing portraits. You're doing 20 images. Uh, you know, let's look at all blemishes. Let's do high end retouching. Uh, yeah. Push pull, maybe a little tiny bit here and there to get the end result. But no, it just seems like fortunately with the, that setup in Lightroom, it's preset so everything looks the same, and you're good to go. Yeah, so I've set up my presets the way I want to edit. So basically, um, when I put a preset on, it's already the skin is smooth. You know, the colors are almost like I want them. You always have to tweak them. But um, when I have, I have to tell you, when I have like a, a close up, I do, a, it depends on the person. I do a Photoshopping, right? So um, I do it the way I would want somebody to Photoshop me. If you have a close up of me and I'm 42 years old, right? I don't want to see everything because the camera brings out, shows you things that you don't see as a person when you talk to somebody. Right. So I don't want to see, you know, all that stuff. So if I have a close up of somebody, I will retouch, but you will still, you will still look the same, but you will look good. I mean, like amazing, you know, 
That's funny. I love it. <laughs> As a, it, being that I also help lead the 90 day challenge for the portrait system, there's instances where I've gone live on Zoom. I'll tether my camera into my computer, you know, and I'm showing everybody and I'll zoom in and it's just like any form of imperfections. Here you go, yeah. guys. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm all like, oh, no, I need to pull back. I need to not show that. So I get what you're saying when, you know, edit the way you would want to be edited, especially mm-hmm. when you're up close, you know. Yeah, that's what I do. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, what are, let me ask you, what are your thoughts on the idea of people strict are people strictly using presets should they is it just a slap it on and they're done or is there anything that they should be doing afterwards once they use the presets um oh yes definitely a preset is not all the time a one click and even if it's a one click um you should always tweak your preset and make it better right um when i started photography in 2013 i bought a bunch of presets and I put them on my photo. And I told you I didn't do Lightroom, but I used them on Lightroom with my photos, but I didn't know how to work Lightroom. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? This doesn't work. <laughs> because I didn't know that you have to like make, adjust them to your photo, adjust them to your light and, you know, to your work. So you definitely have to, if you want, you know, great outcome, you definitely have to do some tweaking. It could just take like 30 seconds or two minutes. So depending on how you want your photo to look. So definitely, yes, tweak. You get the tones with the preset, but you have to do the work, you know, to make your photo look amazing. Are you doing like any of the like brushing in Lightroom? Or is that pure Photoshop? Like, will you ever just do like a a brush over someone's skin to like increase the exposure or the brightness or like reduce the clarity? Or do you, when you actually are getting into like that specific of work, you just go into Photoshop? So I do that in Lightroom too. I do. I, what I do in Photoshop is like, um, like, like getting rid of blemishes or or clone stamping something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But in Lightroom, I do have brushes. I brush over um, and you can make, uh, you can adjust skin tone with brushes and all kinds of, but but I don't use brushes all the time, only when I have to, because my presets are already make, doing everything I want them to do, basically. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I still like, I outsource my editing. So editing is still sort of like new to me. Like I'm always amazed at at the things that can just very simply be done with a preset or um, with Lightroom itself in terms of the brushes and everything. Yeah. Um, Well, also, I wanted to talk to you about pricing. I will say that we're in the last 10 minutes of our conversation. So if there was anyone listening in Clubhouse who did want to ask Jasmine a question. Your time is ticking, so raise your hand now. <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk with you about how you price these outdoor boudoir sessions and just see how if it's different than like kind of how the portrait system community is pricing um, studio sessions. So can you walk us through like, what is your system? Are you doing package only? Are you doing a sitting fee? Are you doing in-person reveal? Like what is your system for selling the outdoor boudoir sessions? Um, so, um, first of all, I want to say when you run your business, you know, you can run it however you want to. Um, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and there are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It's your life. Um, you, um, God, 
you have um, if you have like a studio i would not change a thing about i would keep it ips if you're already doing all of this stuff um, but what i do for outdoors is um packages pre-packages and prepaid as well right so they choose what they want and then um they pay the retainer um which is on top of everything and then a week before they pay pay me or sometimes with a payment plan or something but mm -hmm. i don't do ips um, but you can, you can totally rock IPS without double doer sessions because you can, you can make these out double doer sessions, um, like really artsy with wings and stuff like that. And, and, and sell a huge canvas, you know, a woman on, on the mountain with the wings and the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, totally. I mean, there is no difference actually between studio and outdoors. If you, you know, it's yeah. all the same work. Do you focus then on when you're selling to clients, are are you more selling uh, folio boxes? Did you mention wall art? Or are you selling them more along the lines of, say, a wedding where they buy a set number of images? Like, and if so, what number is that? So no, when you um, get my after packages, when you get my lowest package. You only get like 20 photos and you get nothing else. And I give them digital. It's fine. It's just what I do. Um, um, but that's not what I want them to book. I want them to book um, something else um, with uh, like a, I, I'm, I used to do, for example, a little black book. So you can do that for Art Boudoir as well, just to get them. You get these photos and you get a little bit of black book. And then for the next package, you get, you know, so like 40 photos a little black book and uh, this canvas, right? So more for more, basically. Yeah, exactly. You basically get nothing for the lowest. <laughs> the lowest one. <laughs> yes, you do get the digitals. I know some people you have don't sell digitals, but it's easier for me. It's just, I want to keep it as simple as possible right now without the boudoir. So it's just simple. Okay. Yeah. And what, you, you mentioned what, uh, 2040, you said there was one more potentially above that? Um, I do have a package uh, with all the digitals. That's the most expensive package. Mm. Yeah. That's and really I assume all the digitals means like everything that you were happy with. Yeah, everything that I want to give them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how many pictures would you say you come up with on a, a typical outdoor boudoir shoot? Like if someone was to get all the digitals, I know it's approximate, it's going to vary per client and everything, but like, what is that approximate number? Um, I come up with a lot of decent photos in a session. So it could be a hundred, you know, um, but most of the time I show them like 50 or something. You cannot show them like, a, you know, or give them like, I don't want to give them a hundred photos, you know? Yeah. I can get overwhelming for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes a lot of time. I would assume to edit, even if you are mainly doing Lightroom editing, it's still, it's like you said, it, you're not just one clicking each image. You're exactly. still needing to go through. This is more, you, I mean, you can have like one photo and then have 10 different, um, different versions of this photo, but just you choose like that photo. That's the best of, that yeah totally that totally makes sense um yep i was going to point out that i i know in another interview i can't remember the photographer at the moment um that interviewed uh with nikki had basically pointed out they have two packages 
Oh, it was Damali. Was it Damali? Yeah, the 6,500 one and then like the 15,000 one. Wow. Okay. I don't remember that number, (laughs) but uh, uh, just the idea of like you get 25 images. I'm not sure if it was Damali or not. I think it might have been a little bit earlier than that um, where it was like 25 images, all of the images. And, you know, both of them are priced well. But the, the all of the images are priced really well, so fifteen thousand is a good price. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember I listened to Jamali's fairly recently. It wasn't, it didn't even come out that long ago, and I do remember she had two packages, and it was like a very similar concept because it was branding, it was digital only, and it was like you're going to get this amount of pictures in this one, or you're going to get this amount of pictures in this one and it includes these things. And it was just, I really admired it because it was so cut and dry what was offered and it was either a fit for you or it wasn't a fit for you. You could take it or leave it. There wasn't all this like, you know, pick however many images you want and all that, which I love. And that's the way I run my business, but I can see the value and the benefit to just being like, it is what it is. Take it or leave it. These are the amount of images you're going to get. And it's going to be awesome. You know, like I think at the end of the day, we all have to do what we can sell with confidence, but I certainly can admire um, other people's business models and sort of can see the uh, attraction to do it selling that way. Exactly, yes. So, Jasmine, we are coming up on the one-hour mark. Um, So before we let you go and everything, can you give an advice to photographers that maybe are looking towards the opportunity of maybe they don't have the studio space and they're interested in how they can make boudoir work uh, potentially going uh, outside? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so if you want to start doing outdoor boudoir, I suggest you you find some models online on Instagram um, or maybe a friend that wants to have their pictures on the, on the internet. Um, and then you start shooting for it and you start putting that out. First, start putting that out on social media. You put that out on your, on your webpage and, and, and you, you brand it and then you, you will start booking it. Yeah, I, I think that, as you said, that branding it and making it part of your identity and not something that people should worry about, like, oh, I don't have that studio space. Reframe it. Reframe your position and you're going to be Yeah, good to make it a thing. Make it your thing. Like, call it into the wild. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Make it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much, Jasmine. Um, but before we let you go, I want to be sure that we have the opportunity to share where people can find you. Um, you can find me on um, jasminejade.com. No E, J-S-M-I-N. And you can find me on uh, the Jasmine Jade on Instagram, also no E. And um, embracepresets.com, of course. And yeah, that's, that's basically it. Does Embrace Presets have its own Instagram as well that people show? Oh, they do. Yes, they do. It's Embrace underscore Presets. (laughs) (laughs) Family photography. (laughs) Well, there you go. Well, thank you. And everyone, everyone, please be sure to go follow Jasmine everywhere she just mentioned. And also make sure to follow the Portrait System on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Uh, And also be sure to check out our blog posts that are associated with our interviews at suebriceeducation.com forward slash blog. Uh, 
Uh, you can follow Ashley at Ashley Taylor Portrait. That is A-S-H-L-E-I. And you can find me there as Poplight underscore photography. Uh, if you are a member of the portrait system and you have any more questions for Jasmine, myself, or Ashley, go tag us in uh, posts in the portrait system members only Facebook group. And if you are not a member of the portrait system and you are interested in learning how it can help your business succeed, uh, reach out to Ella on our support team by emailing support at subriceeducation.com. Thank you again for joining us and hope you can join us next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.